Hey, 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 everyone, and welcome to another episode of Honest to Pod with me, Ashley McAllister. And me, Matthew Alley. And let's just, before we get into episode 62, let Matt take a drink of water. <sighs> Sorry. It happens all the time. We... Don't apologize, listen. We all get thirsty. I was saying this about someone on their Instagram yesterday because they posted like a topless picture of themselves. And then I was like, oh, don't worry, babe, I'll grab you some water. And he was like, don't worry, I'm not thirsty. And I was like, mm, no one just posts pictures of them after the gym with like abs and like arms out. But he probably said, oh, I feel so fat as well. Someone else did. Do you know who did that? What? Which I thought was actually a bit shit. So, you know, Keegan Hurst. Oh, yeah, of course. Do you see his Instagram? No, I don't follow him. Oh, OK. <clears throat> like, you know, he's an openly gay rugby player rugby league player and on his Instagram post he's like um, and it was a series of posts leading up to basically saying like I'll sign up to this exercise plan it cost this amount or whatever but his first few like remember when I was fat and then he started posting some pictures of when he was fat and I was like you're taking the piss aren't you a hundred percent was he just not as toned or was he what just not as toned but he was not yeah. fat in any way shape or form because since he became gay he's cared about his since he became gay since he came out as gay <laughs> um, <laughs> since he flipped the switch <laughs> yeah he um, he probably cares more about his toneness you know but he was in perfectly good shape before yeah absolutely and yeah. I was like he was not that, fat actually I was a bit like mm. and that puts me off people when they said they used to be fat when they weren't fat well, they say, I feel I feel so fat, you know what I mean? Or, yeah. I'm like, mate, I can still see all your abs. Exactly. Yeah. It's like body dysmorphia type thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, this, uh, this is episode 62. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just jump right in. Let's start by following up on last week's episode oh yes um Later recently yeah uh we had a really really great episode we thought it was easily one of the best episodes we've ever recorded and um we want to thank everyone who's who listened uh obviously it was a very um different episode than what we were used to and um, with that came nerves from our part i was nervous and i know jordan who was on was also nervous but I don't think I'm the only one that thinks Jordan did an amazing job at tackling a subject that a lot of people don't feel comfortable talking about. Absolutely. You know, it's a really hard thing to go through, to open up about um, and really expose yourself for sure. Mm. And we've got really good feedback in general from people, both in person and online, just being really thankful. I know that Jordan really feels positive about his contribution. Yeah. Um, one thing I don't know if it came across, and I can't remember, even though I have listened to interview like three or four times, but Jordan was feeling guilt for not being able to do more. I think basically over the years of him holding this in, his guilt of that this guy was doing this to other people was weighing on him. Um, and one thing I, over the course of the episode going live and during the editing all last week, I was making sure Jordan was comfortable um, and my biggest win for the whole episode, which I've said to you before, was that Jordan got some sense of atonement. And it'll make sense now when you read out this thing. So I asked Jordan to write a little statement um, just after the episode went live because I think it's been a bit overwhelming. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, my God. I'll stop Sorry. talking. Yeah, I'll stop. No, no. No, go for um, it. So uh, Jordan wrote, hello, Mash. That's Matt and Ash, just in case you didn't know. It should really be Ash. 
to to Ashu. Ashu. No. Ashu. <laughs> Short for Cashew. Because it ain't. Hello, Mash. First of all, I want to thank you both for having me on your podcast. It wasn't the easy thing to talk about. How, um, however, you both made me feel comfortable and were both so accommodating. So thank you. I also want to thank everyone that's taken the time to listen to my story and the amount of supportive messages that have been sent has been so overwhelming. So thanks. My reason for deciding um, I want to do this is because I believe the awareness around sexual abuse needs to be increased and not be such a taboo subject. The more it's spoken about, I believe, the less offending will happen, which will lead to more abuses being reported and will make abusers think twice of attempting to carry out their acts, making the world a safer place. The abuse itself is bad enough, however, the mental effects that come along with it can last a lifetime. And that was one thing that Jordan had spoken about, you know, um, and actually didn't mention completely was the after effects of what's happened and how his behaviour has changed um, based on what's happened to him. Mm -hmm. And it takes a lot of, you know, changing your mindset and things like that to really get over the mental ramifications of this. Mm -hmm. So since the podcast, I've had messages from numerous people saying that this has also happened to them. And after listening to the podcast, it has inspired them to reach out for help for the first time to deal with their emotions. Hillary is going to be, unfortunately, very busy indeed. Hillary is, for those who just listened to this episode and didn't check out last week's episode, which I highly recommend you do, is Jordan's counsellor. Same as me, yeah. Um, he recommended her to me and many others. <clears throat> I've also received a message from someone who had only ever spoken to one other person about their abuse and has made a statement to the police logging their sexual abuse complaint. Off the back of Jordan speaking up. Absolutely, which is incredible. Unreal. So that's really the point of, you know, this whole process really is the thing. If you can help at least one person face their demons, yeah. report abusers, that's just incredible. Of course. Everything. Unreal. Um... My aim was to help at least one person from hearing my story. However, the fact that this helps so many others, I cannot put into words how overwhelming it is and has made me talking about such a personal thing so positive. It's just unfortunate that there had to be more than I expected. However, it shows how common sex abuse is and how much more it needs to be, how much more it needs not to be a taboo subject. I would encourage anyone who has something that is, has important... Sorry, she's writing. It's not me. This one. <laughs> I would encourage anyone who has something important to them and wants to create awareness to contact MASH and Honest Pod and speak about it. Um, and this is important just in general, not about necessarily um, their sexual abuse or anything like that. Yeah. But something we can talk about. Uh, thanks again, Jordan. What a legend. Absolutely. Yeah. So like, like I said, our main takeaway, my main win, and I'm sure it's yours as well, Matt, uh, is the fact that Jordan got some sense of atonement for that guilt and this overwhelming amount of support he received. And just also the feel-good factor, knowing that his uh, message and his story encouraged other people to go and report crimes. Like As a man. People who have broken the law and have sat <clears throat> getting away with it. It's insane. Yeah, and we've received messages and people that we know that listen to the podcast and actually just mentioned about their own experiences with it. Whether they go forward um, or not, I think the fact that your people are able to talk about it is always a step forward. Yeah, 100%. So... Again, Jordan, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us. Um, I feel privileged to have you here. And like I said, we'll have you back on again because you speak so well. I really liked his Agony Ash segments. I feel like he gives really good advice. Can I just, I, I just, I thought about this. And I've said to you before, I said to you guys in the chat, my advice would be to bounce. <laughs> yeah, so last week we talked about this guy who whose ex had, 
him and his his boyfriend and his ex have a dog together and the ex has a key my advice a bit wishy-washy back then i didn't know either i was just like have the conversation i'm like i'm not competing with a dog i'm not competing with an ex with a key if this upsets you that much bounce you only in the other year bounce I wouldn't just leave, but anyway. I like breaking up relationships. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I will say this, Jordan wouldn't say it, so I'm going to say it now. When, in the podcast, he was like, sometimes I disagree with you both, what he meant was you, not me. No. Yeah. No, it's a true story. No, it does not. You, you yeah. can't just say that. No, it's a true story, because I was like, hold on a second. Um, uh, no, because the episode he's talking about is the Tyson Fury episode, and I had, was saying, and I didn't say he's a bad role model, so I'll correct Jordan. I What I was saying at that episode is, He's homophobic, and I don't like the fact that he was put on a platform and celebrated. And I'm not, I'm not taking away the fact that Tyson Fury's been through some tough shit. He has, but I can't sit and say he's some sort of role model when he sits and gets away of homophobia. And you agreed with that, and that's all I was saying about Tyson Fury. But I, he, he was saying in general, in general terms, he disagrees with us regularly, and then gave that one time as an example. But regularly, he disagrees with you. I'm just gonna say it. I'll speak on his behalf in this. Okay, well, I mean, that's fine. I mean, a lot of people disagree with me. A lot of people disagree with you. That's the whole point no, of having... disagree with me. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Reasonable people don't disagree with me. In your opinion. No, it's true. No. There's such a fascist comment. I think what the good thing is, we're very balanced. In what way? You have your opinions and I have my opinions. We sometimes differ. Most of the time, yeah. Yeah, but that's not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. Of course it's not a bad thing. Of course not a bad thing. But, yeah. It just happens to be that your other best friend happens to have the same opinion as you. In some cases, most cases, but not always. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, thanks, Jordan, for stabbing me in the back. We won't have you back on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but here, listen, what a week. What a week. It is Sunday. Kira's hit. Full blowing outside. We, Matt and I were out last night. Yeah. If you can't hear it in Matt's voice... I, don't, I wasn't even that drunk. I don't know why I sound like this. It's because you had so much D. <laughs> I did not have any. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, we had such a good night. I had a really good night. Yeah, it was really nice. We watched the rugby. We went and watched Ireland smack down wheels. It wasn't really a smackdown. It was like a down bitch, take a seat wheels. Mm. No grand slam for you this year. Boom. And then we saw England beat um, Scotland. <laughs> Scrape through. What a boring game. A win's a win. And um, I watch a lot of sports, obviously, and yes. the NBA. And they know that champions always win, even when they don't play well. No, do you know what? I mean, that happened last week with France, I imagine. We played terribly last week. Yeah, of course. Terribly, I will say that for sure. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah. yeah. No, it was a good day of rugby. I enjoyed it. I just liked the fact that... So we went into Soho. And I've not really been out in Soho since I moved back to London. And I had such a good time. That's good. I'm I had a really good time. And I was saying to our friend Mark, um, Mark and I have had different like issues with uh, where we were as a friendship group four years ago to where we are now. And I was saying, we messaged this morning and I said, you know what, it felt like old times again. And I know you'll never get back to the glory days of the old times and different things. People change, people grow on, whatever it is. But it just felt so nice to be sitting and watching rugby with mates and I just I was I loved it it made me feel really warm it shows how like Soho doesn't really change though and I guess we do because we were sitting there watching the rugby and then you said I'm sure two years ago we were watching the rugby and then within three minutes of the rugby ending it seemed like there was a fetish night and it was all leather and then I was like really in Compton's 
And then what happens? Well, literally, the minute the game ended, <laughs> all you see is like all these people in like leather and like PVC or whatever, and yeah. just like nose rings and shit. And I was like, yeah. oh my god! Yeah, it literally was a cycle. The projection screen went up, and I was like, tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be leather daddy. <laughs> and it was like doo, 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 so funny. leather everywhere. Leather. Yeah, and then I had my little leather bracelet on. <laughs> it was a... <laughs> you're part of the gang. <laughs> I was one of the kinks. It's so funny. Yeah, there was a, it was a good night. It was a good night. We went to then we went to the Jukawelli. Yeah, and we had a lot of alcohol. Not too much alcohol. I'm, I'm not hungover today. Um, I was enough to be giddy. You were very horny. Oh my goodness, my neck is sore from how much craning it did. I don't think the guys are that hot, but for some reason you were just. Obsessed. I was. I was. I was. I don't know. And in true Ashley fashion. He got nowhere. <laughs> got absolutely nowhere. <laughs> no game. Yeah, hundred percent. No game. I just need um. But then I wasn't. I didn't go out last night to pull. Do you know what I mean? It's not about going out to pull, but you know, it's all about the end result. I the end result for me was the win and the friendship that I had with you. The good night I had. Okay, that was I see you every day. Like, but okay, you don't see me every day. In nice days. But I did go home and have a serious wank. A serious one. A two-handed one. I, really, yeah, I did it with determination. I'm good. Friction, nice. friction burns. I've been that way this week as well, you know, honestly. Mm. I don't know what it is, but it's just like, just on the bone. Maybe it's because it's Valentine's Day tomorrow, when this recording comes out. And um, maybe it's the fact that I'll be single and I thought, do you know what, self-abuse myself here with this serious wank. Why is it self-abuse? I don't know. I was went hard. Oh my god, are you okay? <laughs> it's hard to walk. Oh my god. <laughs> Joking, obviously. Don't do that. I'm a good Christian. I've never liked Valentine's Day. I'm, my best Valentine's Day was, I was with, I think it was the first year Ben and I were together. I'd say best. Like, I don't do Valentine's Day, but I think he was really into it and he thought, oh. Really? Well, more than me. Uh, he, listen, he got up, he made me breakfast which he did every other weekend anyway because i didn't do anything but in my toast this is when i could eat bread he cut a little heart and he fried the egg in the heart and there's something else is in the heart and i was like oh and there's a little rose and it was so wasted on me i was like the rose to the side <laughs> but yeah but i'm not into valentine's day not at all no i don't think i'll be doing anything on friday to be honest oh there's just so many men on the go. I do not. Oh, I know. I'm joking. I have none. None? I have one. But I've deleted my apps as well. I told you. Yeah, yeah. Well done. And we're not going to be in a relationship. I said this. We're not going to be in a relationship. No, no, of course. I'm teasing. You're single. But, um... He's single, guys. I'm single. Not yeah. ready to mingle. No. Not with this throat. No, well, no. You need, you need to let that heal, babes. I know. That oh. needs to... Yeah, that needs to get over the last day. Um, and then, yeah. Did you get up to anything this week, Ashley? This week, did I? This is where I say I don't think I did, and you tell me, what about this? I don't think I did anything this week. It sounds like you're in Nimavadi again. Why? Nothing. <laughs> um, well, no, uh, this week, what I do, I, <clears throat> we did the pub quiz, which we won. No, we didn't win. We didn't win. Oh my God. That was devastating. Glad we didn't win, because it means we'll have to go back this week, take a few weeks off. The rest of the week... I, I worked quite a lot of work, so I was tired when I finished. Um, so no, I didn't really do much. What about you? You know, I injured my eye last week in rugby. Yes. Well, I didn't injure my eye, it got injured. Someone punched me in the face. Mm. So I was off work Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, mm -hmm. letting it heal. I said you should take the whole week off. 
but you're such a tripper. <laughs> you love that. Well, I never take time off really, but I was like, you know what, the way things are going, I'm going to do it. And I went to hospital on Wednesday and I was there for like three hours and then just finishing up with the eye doctor, a lot of waiting around. And then at the end of it, she says to me, okay, I'm happy with the plan for your eye. What do they say about your nose fracture? A what? I was like, excuse me? Uh. <laughs> what nose fracture? She's like, oh my God, they didn't tell you. And I was like, no, they didn't tell me. Turns out I've got a fracture in my nose as well as like two bruises and two tears in my eye. So in the x-ray, there's a fracture, but they just did not tell you. In the report that they have there and the CT scan, they've said that there's a fracture in my nose. What they didn't do is the doctor on the A&E did not tell me I have a nose fracture. <laughs> so then I had to wait another two hours to get seen about the fracture. So I've got another appointment. I've got two appointments this week, one for my eye and one for my nose on two separate days. That's mad. And I have to wait around a lot, which is, you know, it's the way it is. Loads of zaps back up. You might get a hot doctor in one of the hospitals. I did once. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, the hospital's only close by. Yeah. Someone did come over on their break once to hear on, yeah, on like a weekday. No, no, no. It was a Saturday, like mid, mid of the day. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. A little booty call. It mid, was like... Mid-shift. It was probably like... Yeah, and it was really quick. It was like bang, bang, out. And I carried on the rest of my day. Do you know what he did as a job? I think he was like... I have no idea. He might, he might have said it. It was a really bad... He was not anywhere near what his picture looked like. But I just did it anyway. You know what? If you're committed... Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's good to say I always said, I can't say no. I don't know. Which is bad. A hundred percent I, I would say no. I shouldn't. I should have. Somebody came up. I was. If I seen someone and they came and they were, I'd be like, I'm sorry, who are you? This I just did it and I was like, okay, it's time to go now. No, I'm sorry. This is not happening. Yeah. Back on your little... I should get more from the hospital. There's like thousands of people working there. You should. Load your apps back up. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going no. to. I was thinking the other day I might delete my apps. They're not fun. But then I didn't. Do you know what? They just... I don't ever... They're, to me, they're such a time filler, but they just—they're just a go-to, and I don't enjoy being on there. Nothing ever happens when I'm on there. Like I never meet anyone on app, which is why I never meet anyone. Mm. Um, plus, I also realize mm. I don't trust people at all, at all. And somebody was messaging me the other day. Somebody around around here actually, because I was staying at McCabe's, and they messaged me yesterday, and he was like, "Oh, you should just meet me." it's not going to kill you. And I'm like, that's exactly what a killer would say. <laughs> a killer would say, I'm not no. going to kill you. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry, mate. It's not going to happen. I've told you before though, you shouldn't meet people, but you send your, the location of where you're going and a picture to a close friend. Yeah. So they know. I always do that with Jordan. I know. I did that with you once, like months ago. I don't know. I Plus also, I don't know. I like to see people in real life in 3D so I can get their, like, the way they carry themselves and their dynamic. I, I don't know. I don't find 2D pictures that appealing no that's fair um i just yeah so i like well i'm one thing i want to do for the rest of the year is definitely go out more not gonna drink more like not quite to drink but i'm definitely go out and dance and have a boogie see people in real life were you not doing that a lot before not since i've been back to london we're old farts though no one goes out anymore no we, i've been going out a lot recently i know we go out a lot more but then when we because so, i'm so in the mood of like when we do go out I'm just in the mindset of having good fun. Yeah. So like that time we went to the cock, I had such a good night. But I wasn't on the prowl. I mean, except when I said someone was hot and then you went directly up to them. That's the only time that you were on the prowl. Listen, this needs to stop. The truth. <laughs> the truth needs to stop. You're a version of the truth. 
you you talk about this thing, and I don't know what it means. This what is it? Hose before bros. <laughs> bros before hose. Bros. No, yours is hose before bros. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Bros don't keep me warm at night. Apparently, no one does. <laughs> Nobody does. Yeah, so I have a hot water bottle. It's really cold at the moment. It is really cold. Kira is fucking us over. Yeah. Mm. What a big bitch. Um. Well, anything else? No. No. Well, one thing we want to talk about quickly, um, before we jump into our topics, is... Did I tell you about Patreon? You did last week, but remind me just in case. So Patreon is like OnlyFans, <laughs> but you pay for us to keep our clothes on. <laughs> oh, man. I know. Uh, people want well apparently people want to see you naked what? and I'm just like chopped liver <laughs> I said man. what I said absolute bullshit, absolute bullshit. <laughs> I loved it I love that um, listen guys Matt is a good looking guy too I don't know I don't have to tell you this it's man I am really good looking you are like you're good looking but I am also and I get treated like a piece of shit <laughs> um, you did, let me tell you this I don't know if I told you this but you know I talk about the people at work I've told you about the girls I work with. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So what we're talking about... What, the place you're working now? Yeah. Okay. We're talking about um, skin colour. Oh, my God, so typical. I know. But we were talking and we were saying... Anyway, I don't know how it came up, but I I was saying, oh, my friend Matt is... I'm going to get this so wrong. Wait. 50% African, 50... Or 25% Irish, 25% Indian. And they go... Oh, I bet he has beautiful skin. And I said, well, I'll show you some pictures. And those women were dripping. They're like, oh, look at his bicep. Oh, rugby player. Oh, oh. And I was like, sorry, ladies, he's gay. And then one of them goes, what a waste. And that upset you? I got really, I got upset. Not upset. Like, I didn't take a moment to or, myself. I don't know what you call it, but that res- I don't know, something happened. Yeah, it, anno- it annoyed me. Okay. Not like major yeah. surface annoyance. And you, I, I give some people a pass because circumstances. But I'm like, why is it a waste? What part of it is a waste? Like, well, you know, it's not a waste for the guy he's fucking or the guy he's going to fuck or the guy he ends up marrying. I don't know. It was something, and it wasn't meant in any way hateful. It's just an example of how people can say inconsiderate things and things they don't mean anything by. But anyway, Patreon, yes. OnlyFans, great. Uh, we have our very first Patreon. Yes! I know. So good. Friend in real life and friend of the show. Long time listener of the show. Yeah, from the start. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, <clears throat> Alex Fagan. Thank you so much, Alex. Thanks, Alex. What a legend. Um, yeah, so obviously we've set up this Patreon account as a way to, <clears throat> excuse me, fund the podcast a little bit more in a, in a way that sort of pays for the software that we use every week. So we get month, we pay for different monthly software like hosting, like we host for things, to create the website that we have, to create graphics that we have, and it all adds up. You know, we have to pay to host on different things. So Spotify, we have to pay for posting Spotify, which is a bit more. So, you know, it adds up. And obviously if there's ways that we can make money back, we will. Um, so we're very welcome to anyone who wants to become a Patreon. It's very easy to do. Matt, how would you become a Patreon? Um, you go onto the Patreon website, mm-hmm. and then you look for Honest the Pod. Yeah, and then you can choose one of our three options. Yeah, um, to start pledging—is that correct? What would you say? Yeah, pledge. Yeah, yeah, donating, um, 
getting yeah, supporting supporting us. Alex went for the top sugar daddy the sugar daddy level, Oof. which is great. Yep. Um, and even things because I think you know like. As those of you who listen might be well aware, you know, we, we do it in like my house and stuff and technology is really important, but that also costs money. Mm. And it'd be really good if we could have a higher product, higher quality product yeah. coming out each week. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's one of the things we're raising money for is to make sure we've got really good equipment yep. to increase. You know, we had Jordan on last week as our first guest. Yeah. I would never lie and say that quality was absolutely perfect. No, of course not. want to present it. No, no, no. So that's what... It, when you're an independent podcast, you don't have the support of like a, a big company behind you. You have you have your struggles. We do what we can with what we've got. And I think we do a good job. Um, but obviously, podcasts are all about audio. And that comes with editing and it comes with everything. And these are skills we don't have because I don't do that stuff in my real life. I don't. Um, so that's what that's what the Patreon account goes for. Plus, we're all about conversations and like looking at last week's episode itself. Making a conversation grow and spread helps other people. So if we get money left over, if we get enough donations, we look at pushing our message to a wider audience, like Facebook social targeting, Instagram targeting, things like that. So yeah, if you're feeling generous, dig deep into those pockets and support a podcast that you know and love. And now we'll get into some topics. Mine is more just to highlight something more than, I guess, a backwards and forwards discussion. Mm-hmm. But earlier on, well, within the past two weeks, um, the BBC have kind of fucked up a little bit, slash a lot of it. Okay, so. Do you mean when Barack Obama died? Okay, that's horrible. <laughs> Jokes. <laughs> when it ties um, into them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is that because yeah. um, last week. Well, it will be two weeks now, so a week Monday. Um, The BBC had a politician on, was showing uh, the debates at the House of Commons, and the politician that was there was someone called Marsha D. Cordova, and she was speaking. Marsha D. 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 Cordova. What a beautiful name. (laughs) Um, Ashley D. Cordova. Yeah, and I'll just read it because I've written it down, but the guy didn't did um, an excellent sort of succinct version of it, so I'll read it as they say. So, on Monday, D. Cordova, the MP for Battersea, was speaking at a debate in the Commons about the Agriculture Bill. But the strapline at the bottom identified her as Dawn Butler, the MP for Brent Central, and one of the candidates for the Labour deputy leadership. Dawn who? Dawn Butler. Butler. Butler, sorry. Butler. Butler. B E T L E R. Butler. Dawn Butler. Um, for which then she criticised the BBC for saying um, on her Twitter, I love my sister, but we are two different people. Marsha is amazing and deserves to be called by her own name. Diversity in the workplace matters. It also helps to avoid making simple mistakes like this. Mm. Because the BBC had just said, sorry for our mistake, it was a human error. Mm. Then, the Evening Standard. Um, made an article about it, okay? So they were like, how can the BBC do this? Mm. Because only recently, they had done the same thing. So um, Kobe Bryant and his daughter and seven other people died in a helicopter crash, mm-hmm. um, which is incredibly sad. I've watched basketball for such a long time and 
I found it pretty heartbreaking, I must admit. Um, they were posting, a, they'd done an article, it was on the news. Yeah. But they were playing videos of LeBron James, who is the like most high-profile American athlete at the moment. Yeah. So they had the wrong person this entire time. And this was like a week before this had happened. So within two weeks, they did this, which is mad. Is there any things they have in common that might have made the BBC think, wait a minute, these people are just like these people? What I haven't mentioned is all of these people are black. I'm no. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't realise. I did yeah. <laughs> So yeah. all of these people are black. Well. And it's mad. It's crazy. And that's where the Barack Obama joke came in, which... Well, I went to Sharm el-Sheikh, my mum, and then they'd be like, hey, Barack Obama, hey, uh-huh. Murphy, and I'm like, oh, God. Um, the Evening Standard reported this, mm. but um, for the picture for um, Marsha de Cordova, they put a third person. So her name <laughs> is though, uh Ribeiro Adi, and she's another Labour MP who is also black. Um... And put her picture. <laughs> you couldn't make it up. So in the article, they were criticizing someone. They did the exact same thing. And then said that, oh, they're really sorry. They get the images from a company called Getty Images. So you probably see around, they're like one of the biggest providers for yeah, um, pictures. The massive Getty yeah, Images. Yeah, yeah. Same as BBC, huge, evening standard, very well known. Um, they captioned the picture incorrectly. So in these three giant places, over a series of um, different instances, mm. they basically just got all of these black people wrong. Now, I will say, well, these are the three black women. You can see them, and we can post it. Yeah. Okay. As a white person. No, I'm joking. I'm not going to put it into But it's mad, isn't it? I love how she's done her hair in different places, that one girl. That one person, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's wearing, she wore a red jumper twice. See, I, Man. I thought that was the same day, just different wind. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, the so, CA turn So the backlash was obviously like, this is incredibly ridiculous. There's a lack of diversity. Um, I think it's, I actually think it's mad that I, I can even imagine being like there and then having someone else's name. Like it's inexcusable. It's really bad. You know, I do know why people get like, I've worked in offices so much. Um, it happens to me all the time and I get annoyed. Somebody writes back, like my name's Ashton McAllister. And they go, hey, Alistair. I'm like, that's not my name. Like, the bottom of my signature has the, the my name. All white people do that. I'm sure black people do it as well. But, like, we have people come back and they're like, why Why has this person called me Shahamdi when my name's Sandy? I'm like, you know, so people, when you get called the wrong name, it annoys everyone. But when you're a multi-million pound company yeah, with sure. people who can fact check and reference these images... Well, it's mad. And not push accountability on Getty Images. Getty Images sent this and Getty Images that. You're putting something out to print. You have somebody there who checks things before it goes to print. And if you don't, you should. And But then, but that's the problem, isn't it? It's not like people aren't fact-checking it. People are looking at it and being like, sign it off. That's okay. That's yeah. clearly that person. When I don't care. Not, and it's mad. Yeah. Well, they don't see it, you know, because obviously it's always, there's always that joke about all black people look the same, isn't it? All Asian people look the same. I mean, you and your brother look so alike. Yeah. And I often get confused um, for him. Because you're like identical twins. Yeah, which I understand. Yeah. But I told you, and I think I said on the podcast before, at the rugby club, it's happened twice, by the same person who is a white male. He said to me, oh my God, I thought you moved to Denver. And I was like, 
No, that's not me. That's the other black guy who's American. <laughs> and we don't really look that similar, to be fair. No. And then he did it again. And I was like, are oh, you joking? <laughs> I actually walked away. I was like, come on. Oh, wow. Oh, sorry, I didn't realise, you know, I made a mistake, but twice. Mm. And mistakes happen. That's almost as bad as the fucking evening standard. Mistakes happen to an extent, but they shouldn't happen this way. No. For sure. Um, and, you know, there's not enough. I think diversity in the workplace is important. And I think there's an argument, which will always be said, you know, and I think we've said it before about, can you, like, you know, some places might have a diversity strategy and say that we must have a workforce that has this percentage of um, black, Asian and minority ethnic groups, like BAME or women. And then the argument might be, and I don't think we did, but we should only hire people on merit regardless of the external factors. Mm I, I believe that you can push that and say that you need to have a workforce of this amount to show that you're representing everybody. But then, you know, the interviewing process for certain jobs might be someone's more qualified than the other. Mm. You know, we're talking about CVs, I think. Yeah. Right? You know, which I think, that, I think that is the right argument to be having. I do fundamentally believe that. Because um, the BBC, so there was a, a survey over two years that the BBC had had. Mm-hmm. And they currently, at the moment, have the highest, and this was done from 2015 to 2018, the highest um, percentage of BAME um, workforce so far. They had a target to reach 15% by 2020, and at the moment they're at 14.2. Okay. Um, but in their leadership, so within the actual management, the, the number drops quite a lot to, within the leadership of the BBC. It's 10.4%. So it's quite behind in terms of people within um, influencing others and stuff. Yeah. It's still quite low. Okay. I kind of want to say it's ridiculous that this is still happening, and... Dawn Butler, who is, um, and I don't know, this is why I have to keep checking the names because I have nothing, I know nothing about politics at all. Um, she is speaking about the fact that being a black MP, she says, why do people assume my white office manager is my boss? So she'll walk into a room. She says she's been mistaken for um, being a cleaner mm. in the House of Commons. So there's a lift that the MPs use and someone in the lift had said to her, oh, you really shouldn't be using this lift. Oh my god, <laughs> that's awful. That's mad. That's just insane. Isn't that crazy? And then she's got an office manager as part of her office, and they always go to him thinking that he's the MP when in fact she is. You know? That's mad. And there's stupid little things, and, and, and that obviously happens everywhere because I've, I've, I don't know if we said it here before, but if if you go to if you go to Nando's with a white person, right, and the white person orders mild. Or one person orders mild and one person orders extra hot. Mm-hmm. No word of a lie, the extra hot will come to me. They'll just put it down in front of me and then put the mild in front of the white person. And one of my friends is um, mixed race like I am. And he doesn't like hot food. Um, so he'll get a mild and then he always has to swap it around and be like, it's mine. And it's little things like that, that, you know, where I guess you have to sort of consider what you're doing or how you're behaving, you know, if you're yeah. in that situation. Yeah. Which is weird. Um, but it'd be really upsetting to know that you're walking into a room and people not take you seriously. Make a judgment based on just what you look like. Yeah. yeah. But then assume that you're a white counterpart or in some way is the person 
who is in power or whatever you want to call it, you know, mm. the person who has influence mm. and just assume that, which is crazy. And then assume you're the cleaner. Imagine. That's so hurtful. That's, it's not, it is, I, hurtful's not the word, it's infuriating that it's, that's the assumption that you can go to. Imagine it's, it's hurtful. Yeah. For and then me, it's infuriating. There's one thing last thing that I want to read, which is um, she. So Dawn Butler had written this article in The Guardian, and she was like, "I was not surprised to hear that Cardiff's first black mayor, Lord Mayor Dan Diath, is often mistaken at official events for a security guard or a wine waiter." That's unreal. Isn't that crazy? Crazy. And I, I just think she says she experiences this all the time in the House of Commons and outside, and I just like. These people have pictures of them out in public. Yeah. Like, they're not like nobody, all right? It's not like, um, like they have official titles and you can see their picture and their names. Like, when you talked about your email, you don't see people's faces, you know? It's more like a miss, not looking at the name. Yeah. But, no, yeah, the only point I was saying that is that we get triggered by something so stupid as that. Like have a bit more respect up the cha- channel when there's like pictures being involved. That's what I meant by that. But these people you see around, yeah, you know, visuals. They are recognized public figures. Yeah, and people are still just being like, oh, definitely, definitely. I think it's really bad with the BBC to do that. To be honest, and you can you can apologize and say, oh, sorry, it's human error. But I truly believe that diversity in the workplace is important, and that you need to have a diverse workforce to challenge. Mm. preconceptions mm-hmm. um, challenge the way that people behave 100% it's difficult to be challenged I think that's one of the things I mean I, you know to bring it to me I feel like I often challenge I am a challenging person but I think it's important that people feel challenged our friends um, well that you met yesterday a friend of mine he employs people very regularly and he's making a massive point of making sure that he has what he calls a diverse team mm-hmm. he wants different opinions different ideas to come in and I don't think that always happens no 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 I think what it's it's sort of like in my opinion it is we live we've ever since this sort of social awareness phase kicked in four or five years ago we live in a time and in a good way that we need to be a bit more aware of other people's cultures some instances it can go a bit too far like People get too extreme, um, social justice warriors, all that shit, um, femin- third wave feminists, all that. But we need, to, I definitely agree. It's like sort of, I'm going to pick on my hometown where it's a very isolated town. I love it. Not and This is not pointed at anyone directly. But because we, because I grew up with no minorities racially, I was unaware of cultural insensitivities that just happen. Mm. Um, and the same again, I'll relate it to my own growing up where we, when we were growing up, there wasn't many gay people about. So my little brothers grew up using the word gay as a, oh, that's so gay. That's, that's gay. Mm. And, it, you know, it would, they didn't mean it in a hateful way. And it took me saying, well, what's gay about it? You know, tell me what is gay about that? Um, and I remember somebody on Facebook was like, and this is after I'd come out, one of my friends from Facebook had written something like, oh, is it gay that this footballer does this? And I was like, no, it'd be gay if he put his willy in somebody's bum or had a willy put in his bum 
you know, you know, suck some D. That would probably be gay, but this is just being a dick. <laughs> like, um, and it's things like that. It's like similar, you know, you, you need somebody. I'm able to go and say that, point that out because being gay, I can say that and point out, you know, actually what you're saying is insensitive. And that's why in a workplace, you need people who are different diversities coming in and saying, you know how you think it's okay to put some other's name against some other picture and human error? Well, you know, it's you're building on a stereotype mm. and that's not a good thing to build on. No, absolutely. Um, you need it. You know, I think one thing I'm not really be surrounded by um, uh, different genders and transgender people, I'd say that in my life. Um, and it happens in customer services where you get different people coming up mm. and I don't want to assume anything about the people that come to work for us, the people that come in as guests, um, in how I dress them. Mm. One of the things we have is, you know, I always look at things where you have to say, are you male or female? And there's no other option. So when someone joins the company I work for, you have to put whether you're male or female and you have to, and there's no other option. And I was like, I don't know if we need to have this on the form, do we? Or if they do, what are the alternatives? You know, because... Is it like a... If you're coming to work for me, why does it matter? No, exactly. Yeah. Because so, it's difficult. Some people say, why does it matter? And, and I get that. And I, in my head, I'm like, I don't think it matters, but I think it's okay if the options are there, but also not there. Mm. So I, I do identify as, um, you know, <clears throat> a gay man, mm. for example. Um, so I'm happy to put that down. Yeah. For example, um, someone I know doesn't identify as a gay man and you shouldn't have to no you shouldn't have to put in a box you, yeah you know and it also may change yeah obviously it's a bit different then we're not talking about race at this point but I just think that having diversity within these spaces are really really important and it's especially when you're so high profile if you're the BBC if you're Getty Images Evening Standards I have no idea that is that I think is phenomenal when you're making a point over somebody else and you do a massive fuck up, that being said, we need to fact check every single thing we talk about from now on. <laughs> not having to come back to us say, oh, Honest to Pod said this, and then all of a sudden this, and Ashley said that, and Matt said this. Or do it, and it might bring our profile up. Yeah. Any publicity, as they say. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's, true. that's true. Anyway, that's what I want to say. Um, I think that um, it's a statement. I think it's wrong. Mm. Thanks, Matt. Do you know, I was um, similar to this. I, I read an article this morning and it was saying how people, men with effeminate voices are less likely to be employed because it seemed as incompetent. When was this? I read an article. They did some study. Recently? So, yeah. The article, I think, wrongly labels it gay-sounding men because you have straight men who sound effeminate. So, Yeah. I just think that was wrong, but yeah, apparently effeminate sounding men and I don't even know what a lesbian sounding woman sounds like. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, I know they speak about like hardware and carpentry a lot, but that's about it. Yeah. And 12 cats. <laughs> Getting married. Um, yeah. <laughs> Here we go, pushing stereotypes. After what we just said. Um, yeah, so I just read that this morning, actually, I thought it was crazy. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But that's gay men as well, just in general. So, like, um, you know, because someone will look a certain way. Someone had posted on Twitter, and they said, looks like this, 
And it was like this really muscly, hot, sexy man. Well, and they said they hate, but a voice like this. And it had, um, oh my God, what's his name? Jonathan? No. Wasn't Jonathan Lamez? Oh my God, I forgot his name. Who is he? He's in RuPaul's Drag Race. He's one of the judges. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, Shit. Wow. What's his name? I got a mind block. And I really like him as well. Oh, he's nice. Yeah. Yeah. But he's got a high pitched, you know, quite a feminine voice. Yeah. And they were like, oh, it's so disappointing when. And then someone had been like, why is this disappointing? Yeah. It's difficult with voices. I do think voices are important. Apart from now, I think I've got quite a high pitched voice. Scott? Is it somebody Scott? No. Ross Matthews. Yes. There we go. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. I kept on saying Alan Carr in my head and I couldn't get it out of my mind. And it's not. Listen, just because he's white. They all look the same to they me. They all look the same to me. They all sound the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not employable. Then, well, if they were in a big business, no, they wouldn't be. No. Except when they're being like told their voices are too high. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stop that shrieking. This is why I've done this to my throat. Yeah. It's getting worse. Well, it's because you talk a lot. Well, why don't you talk now, actually? <laughs> um, no, my thanks for that. That was very good. I did like it. I did um, the, the thing about, I didn't know about the politicians, but I knew about the Kobe Bryant one. And it was, I sat there in shock. Especially just given the circumstance of the story, the Kobe Bryant story, I was just like, really? The, the biggest, two of the biggest stars in NFL? NFL? Oh, no, the other one. <laughs> NBA. So I, sports are all the same. <laughs> Not that there's a reason, but the reason, they were interlinked because the day before, and this is what's mad about it, two days before, yeah. LeBron James had passed Kobe Bryant in the all-time scoring list. So in a week after that, there was a build-up where they were both being talked about. Right. And so he just passed it. Kobe Bryant said, well done, you're amazing. Mm. Next day he dies. Mm. Um, I mean, that justifies it then, I guess. So I know it shouldn't... I, it's just... It's still mad. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. You're welcome. I'll stop speaking because my, my throat needs to rest. Well, no, we have to continue the conversation because I want to talk I'll just about... I'll not... <laughs> no, you have to speak. I want to talk about our dear friend of the show, Philip Schofield. So obviously, I mean, it went crazy in the UK. Don't know if it hit the states or any other countries. I can't imagine make the states. Our sure. global listeners are <laughs> residing, but Philip Schofield is a long-term TV presenter. He's been on the TV as far as I can remember, way back when, um, 10, 15 years ago when I was just a kid. Yeah, probably really long when you <laughs> were a child. Yeah, back when you were three. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he he recently came out as a gay man, which was great. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, now the big the big bit in the article, which is yeah, so he's been married for twenty seven years uh, to a woman, and he has two fully grown daughters. So um, the reason I want to talk about it is obviously it's a big thing. Somebody who I know, res- response was anger. And angry at what? The fact that he had come out. Um, more the fact, I think he was saying it's massively disrespectful for this person to come out and do this to his wife, his poor wife, his poor family. I'm like, but he has the support of the wife. And she, like, she was just like, 
unacceptable. This is insane. And I don't know if it's, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to, I don't, like, she won't listen, but I didn't want to be like. Did you interact with this person? Yeah. And I was like, well, you don't know the whole story. Like, you know, first of all, again, it's hard to, hard to relay this to anyone who's probably not gay and grew up at the same time. But they've been married 20, 27 years. Um, that's 90, 93 they would have got married. So before that, you know, his career, and we're talking like 80s, 90s, where, you know, AIDS epidemic, everything was going on. Gays aren't, gays then weren't as accepted as they are now. They weren't, you know, it's a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of pressure on a man. And I think I've read somewhere that he prayed, he, 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 I, he, read, he, he knew he was gay before he got married. And he prayed he was bisexual. Like he wished he was bisexual. Um, I think it was his first article, which was in the sun. Yeah. So I was like, you don't like, there's so many different factors to consider. And to me, like, it, I know a lot of people over, and we've said it before in the podcast. I know there's a lot of people, when I go home to Limavadi and I hook up those apps, so many straight men with kids come forward. And it's like. So hot. <laughs> so hot. No. I mean, yeah, but no. Um, but yeah, it's just it's insane, and I I I feel I feel so sorry for these people who have to live a lie. And basically, the, the point I wanted to make is one of the, I was chatting to another friend over home, um, and he was saying that he thinks it's great that Philip had this support system around him to allow him to come out and do this. And I was like, no, no, let's take a step back because. Philip only knew he had that support system after he had come out. He, you know, it takes him to come out and say I'm gay in order for people to step up and say this is totally fine. It's cool. We're we're happy with that. It's still a massive jump because until you do that, you don't know what the reaction is going to be. And I remember, I mean, in my own experience, it was built up over a long period of time. Mm. and I went through the worst case scenarios about how people might react, especially those that are closest to me. Yeah. You start fantasizing about how things are going to go Yeah, and then getting scared about the reaction. Yeah. And you don't know, you have no idea how it's going to be. And I remember treading the water of my mom being like mentioning gay people to see how she would respond, like and doing different things just to see if I come out. And then the turning point to me was one of my uncle's brother is gay and my mom loves him. And I thought, oh, it's going to be totally fine. It wasn't, but <laughs> I thought it would be, but it wasn't. And I just, I, the point I was making, it's, it is good that obviously Philip has this support system in place, but it's still that initial step he has to take or anybody else out there has to take to come out before they realize they have that support system. So, and that's the point I was trying to make to this guy. Um, and then I said to him, if you ever need a rock and you ever want to talk to somebody about your sexuality, you know, I'll be your rock. And he just said, thank you. <laughs> Is this a friend of yours? Yeah, somebody I know. Uh, but it just, it, to me, it's... And I know a lot of people came forward and said how great it is for Philip Schofield to do. And you know what I like. I like to get on my little, what do you call it? Soapbox. Soapbox. To me, what I think people need to be doing is spreading the message that they are happy about gay people. And if one of their friends, nearest or dearest was to come out and not don't point it to somebody don't sit and accuse like like my auntie did of me even though she was spot on she was like you know it's okay to be gay 
and this was before I came out, and I was like, I know what it is. You know, it was fine to, you know, you know, like who you like. And I was like sitting there with my family around Sunday, Easter lunch, Easter dinner. Just sitting at the table in front of everyone. My whole family. <laughs> Except my mum wasn't there. It was me, my sister, my three cousins, my auntie and my uncle. And their wives. Or girlfriends. And I was just like, my sister knew at this point. I'd come out to my sister, but my mum hadn't known at this point. And we were just sat there and I was just like, oh my God. So... My sister was just like, trying not to laugh <laughs> and my, aunt, my auntie clearly knew my auntie was a sweetheart god bless her she rest may she rest in peace um and she she came and to me that was to me it was a signal that if i was to come out i have a support place i mean i wouldn't do it as my auntie did it so directly um but yeah i just think there needs to be more of a message of hey gay people are cool because it's difficult it's difficult i think in our bubble because <clears throat> we have so many people that are gay um, mm. and are comfortable mm. for the most part. Yeah, I yeah. assume they are. Because um, it is difficult to. I can only imagine, sorry, that after being married for 27 years to a woman, then to come out as a 57 year old man, mm. the, the struggle you could go through over all of those years, the guilt that you might feel. Yeah. And I even think it's got something similar to do with the way that. Jordan's last was also a coming out story. Yeah. You know, opening up about your authentic self. Because I would, I couldn't imagine having not coming out and now trying to hold that in. Mm. I could not imagine how that must feel as an adult. Yeah. You know, it's difficult as a child and not understanding those feelings. Um, you know, crying myself to sleep, not wanting it to be this way. Mm. But then to follow through by having a whole family which is still a blessing to still be able to have a family and people that love you. Yeah. Um, some people were quite critical over it being like, well, I knew already. But I still think it's quite monumental to do it and, you know, celebrating it is really important. Say, well done. You know, here's a high-profile figure within this country, for sure. 100%. Um, it's the most popular TV show in the morning. There'll be people his age. You know, it, might not, it may not completely resonate with people our age or who are mm. able to understand their feelings and approach them at a younger age. Because they, they, they've grown up in a world where it's okay to be gay. You know, when I first discovered people at school that recognise as gay, I was like, say what? So you don't get gay people in school. They don't come out until after you finish school. Like, mm. what type of world is this? But it's, it's crazy. Like, kids grow up today, they don't understand that Philip Schofield coming out is such a big deal. Do you know what's quite funny, though? So do you know Jamila Jamil? Do you know who she is? Oh, yeah, she identified as queer. Yeah, and then there was a load of backlash. I didn't read about the backlash, but I read I read about backlash, but I didn't read specific points. But. I didn't read all the specific points, but she got backlash because I said, well, how are you queer? Um, in what way? Because mm -hmm. she just said that she is, because she put a little rainbow and unicorn next to her name. And then someone had um, put this on their stories, their Instagram stories, and it's Jamila Jamel and Philip Schofield. And then she goes, this is so unfair. Why did you get to be the brave one? And he goes, well... We know it has nothing to do with white privilege since there are no examples of that. So she's getting backlash as a female person of colour. But then Philip Scofford comes out and everyone's like, no, we can only celebrate this. If anyone says anything bad, it's wrong. But then someone else within the same week says they are also coming out in a certain way. But I think it's, to me, obviously not defend anything, it's the ambiguity of the label queer. 
Well, I... that's that. No, I'm not saying. I'm not like I said. I'm not justifying it for anyone else, but I think because queer is an umbrella term, isn't it? Yeah. I, I'm not. She shouldn't be forced to say whatever she wants to say or what she doesn't want to say. But it's like people are like, well, you know, how are you queer? Like, are you gay? Are you bi? Are you pan? Do you know what I mean? That's to me. That's the confusion on that part. She shouldn't have to be. She should be celebrated in whatever way she wants to come out. Oh yeah, I'm just reading it now actually because she's in a relationship with a man. A musician James Blake. Yeah. Um, and then she said she previously wrote, she kept it low because I was scared of the pain of being accused of performative bandwagon jumping. Um, it was something that caused me a lot of confusion, fear and turmoil when I was a kid. And I'm not going to read this out now because I should have read it before. And I only just saw it just before you came. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. But it'd be interesting to see why, and it's something that should be challenged. Why is it that she'll be treated differently um, for what essentially is the same thing, no? Yeah. Um, and we have to question why that is as a society. I, yeah. I mean, to me, Phillips means more because... That's what you... They kind of just said what you said as well. So while Schofield is coming out with a sexual orientation that would have been understood by the vast majority of people in modern Britain, yeah. Jamal's choice of queer, especially while she is in a relationship with a man, yeah. may have confused some. Well, yeah, because it's she can come out as queer and continue her life as she is continuing her life. Philip Schofield coming out as gay has put the life he had before at an end, and his new life is about to begin. Like he's you know he's not going to stay married to his wife. You know they're going to separate. Um, but yeah, so to me, it's slightly different. Not, she should never be criticized what she did, but I can understand the difference. Oh, I don't understand the difference. I, I think what Philip did, the, like we said, the, her, Philip's past life is coming. She can identify as queer, which is great. And hopefully other people come forward and identify as queer, but she, her life is not going to change. Like she's going to still date the guy she's dating. Do you know what I mean? Why? Why well, won't it change? Well, with regards to who she's dating, she's not going to sit and she's not going to be online oh, queer. I can't see you anymore. I mean, to be fair though, her life won't change. It's not affecting people. No, no relationship needs to change. You know, like whereas, I guess Philip Scofford comes out now. He needs to end his marriage with a woman. Yeah. And some people are like, you know, a few people, especially some women, have written like, I don't think that he should be celebrated because he's destroying a family, for example. Yeah. Which I don't think is fair. No, of course not. But I understand that sentiment more because she's almost like this innocent bystander who believed she was in a relationship with the man of whom she loves and loved her back in the same way. I feel like that should not be as celebrated potentially as Jimena Jamal coming out because she's coming out, but it doesn't change the dynamics of her relationships or those around her. No, but I say Philip's steps to come out are a lot harder because of what he has to do. Oh, I don't think that's right. You can't say someone's coming out story is harder than someone else's. No, you can, no. but what I mean is Philip coming out and saying, do you know what? I've lived this life. I've been married for 27 years with this woman who I've grown up, brought up two grown up daughters. For him to sit and say, I'm now gay and that, that and then breaking up crushing the family and everything, even though, the, yes, they've got support. That, to me, is a bigger jump than somebody who's come out as queer and her, like, she gets to continue her life. 
I don't think that's fair. Well, I, I mean, I don't understand why. It's, I'm not saying like there are two different cases. You can't compare like for like, but I'm just saying the well, fact. You did. You just said his is yeah, harder. Well, in my opinion, his is harder because he is ending a marriage, ending a family unit. Hers, hers doesn't affect anyone else really. Like she's going to come out. She's going to be in the relationship she's going to be in. Her partner probably knew she was queer a way back when. And it's like, you know what? I'm here to support you when you're ready to announce it, which is fine. Because I'll love you throughout whatever, which is great. Lovely. Philip doesn't have that. Philip loses a lot more or risks losing a lot more by his coming out. But then you shouldn't necessarily receive criticism then for not affecting change. Whereas if something... I, I 100% me, said at the very start she should not be criticised. No. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't think... I think everyone has their challenges coming out. We know that for sure. Yeah, 100%. Especially when you build it. And every story is different. Every, nobody's story is easy. And I remember why she felt the need to do it because she's going to be a judge on a new show. Um, that's got to do with the ballroom scene. Oh. There's going to be a show about it. But um, yeah. Nice. They were like, how can she judge it? Because she's not one of us. She's not part of oh, queer society. Right, okay. So she said, well, actually I am. Um, and I guess it's a, but then I also think not obviously she's come out as queer but I also think straight allies have a big part in queer society as well I think people I think we said it before people outside of the LGBT, affected yeah. community race queer society mm. wherever it is are the ones that needs to promote and stand and be allies of those for actual true change to happen anyway yeah so yeah I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing if you get people outside of the community in bold mm-hmm. I actually think it's quite places. negative to say that why can she not if, if she was straight why could she not be a judge I think so too I think it's bad um, but yeah so come back to the Philip Schofield thing it's to me about pushing a positive message so that anyone who is out there and in a relationship married because like you said I, I would hate to be married to somebody with kids live, living a lie um, I remember one of the conversations I've had with somebody on Grinder back in the Mavada years and years and years ago, and he was just like, "Oh, you, you know." To me, I, it, it frustrated me a bit because he made out like I had some easy life because I got to be gay and got to be who I was, and he was like, "I'm, you know, I'm married. I've got a, a little boy, a little girl. Um, you know, I have to, I have to live this life." And I was like, "Well, no, I chose to come out." when I did and that wasn't easy you chose to get married to a woman um, so I don't have it easy you've just chosen a harder life and he like he said that he was dating this girl from school and he just they it just never felt right to ever break up with her and I'm like right, well I got picked on in school for potentially being gay and I was bullied so, I'm not really feeling sorry for you. Oh, no, definitely don't. Yeah. I understand what he may say by, you have it easy, but that's because you had the... I don't like the word brave, I will say this. I'm not a huge fan of the word brave, but you had the, like, strength to put yourself out there and expose yourself. Yeah. And then you get to deal with the repercussions, which is, actually, I get to live my life the way I want to. You know? I'm and, never going to apologise for that. No, absolutely not. No yeah. one should. And this person is making their life, they're not making it because 
you never know people's pressures in life. No, of course not. And things compound. The further you get, the deeper you get with it. Mm. You know, so imagine, you know, getting to 57, for example, in this case, mm. years, this is years and years of it building up. More things then become yeah. more challenges, more challenges. Well, I think a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people assume that once they, once, once, once they have kids, they have to wait until the kids grow up. Now, there was an article, I didn't get to read it all, but it was on the BBC printed just this week. And there's a little documentary on YouTube, which is 20 minutes long. But there's a, it's about this girl whose mum came out when she was four as a lesbian and how that affected her growing up. And so, yeah, I don't, to me, and again, it's easy for me to say because I don't have kids, but there's never going to be a good moment if you're in that situation to come out. Um, and you might want to stick in it because you don't want to risk losing your family. But what's the cost, like, to your own personal self? Like, the burden of this that you're carrying, in some cases, not everyone, but, you know, it's, to me, it's tough. I agree. And I think people underestimate children. I will say this. Kids are so smart. And how much they can take. Yeah. To be fair. Kids don't care. You you come out to your kid, they won't care if you're gay. They they don't care. Well, I think it's more like oh my, because well, that would be normal for them. But people outside will say things, all these sorts of things. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, people care too much. What? But they feel like they can't make decisions or behave in a certain way, and they must make decisions for them in every which way, which I don't think is fair to children because I believe that you can give them information and they may make decisions. Yeah. And ask questions mm. based on what they know. Yeah. I think kids are smart enough to be able to make decisions. Yeah. Not all decisions, but, you know, I, I do think to a certain level they're underestimated. Yeah, they're, they're smart enough not to hide the truth from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's all I want to talk about, really. Um, well done, Philip. Well done, Jamila. See you out in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Matt, thank you for another great episode. Cheers. Yeah, it was good. We, uh, guys, why don't you just jump right in now whilst you're listening because you can multitask on your phone. So stop what you're doing, unless you're driving. Um, That's John. He drives and listens. My John, housemate. Really? Well, I mean... Don't stop, John, please. Get off your phone. John, get off. Get off your phone. Pull over. Pull <laughs> over. Uh, why don't you stop right now, unless you're driving, or operating heavy machinery, and leave a little review. I think that's a good idea. Well, I think so. Let's, let's wait for two minutes while they do that. Okay, we won't really. But guys, why don't you just do that right now because it really, really, really helps. And why don't you also share this episode? Just like plop it right down there on your Facebook feed. Put it in your little Twitter thing. Do the little tweet tweet. Go on to our website. Download one of our, one of our templates from the website. You can just get there on the website. It's right there on the website, which is... <laughs> you said it was... On, the website is honestapod.com. And you can, yeah, download the template. Tell people what you think. Do you agree with Matt? Do you disagree with me? Which most people seem to do by the sounds of it. Um, or if you agree with me, I'd like to hear more about people who agree with me. You stay the beautiful one because I'm obviously ugly and I'll stay the reasonable. Um, You're black. Black one. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, honestly, we're, one of the things we would love to do if we get enough Patreons would be to do live streaming and live events. But Matt will wear a mask. <laughs> uh, that when we were we were out last night and 
There was an absolute hottie in that bar. And Which one? Blue check shirt. Ah. Uh, and I said it, and you said he wasn't hot, but he was hot. The thing is, you seen it, and you pointed them out, and then I had to crane my neck around a pillar, and then around three other people who were stood in the way, and he was looking down on his phone. And I'm like, I don't see it. And you're like, no, look again. And then, anyway, crane my neck again, get whiplash, and then he, then he moves beside us. And I'm like, you know what? Now I see you in good light, no interference, nobody breathing down my neck. I'm like, yeah, you know what? You're good looking. Turns out you're more his type than I am. Now, he just pulled this guy that is of a certain size. Okay, so they're obviously there together, and they looked very different from each other, which is great. Mm. I think sometimes as Diversity, gay men, yeah. we tend to go for people that we look just alike. Do you know what? It's like that old, I don't know the name of the band, did, oh, fuck. Don't know. <laughs> but this, their lyrics are, if everyone looked the same, we'd get tired looking at each other. This is a band wrote these lyrics? Yeah. And they're gay? No, no, they're just a good band. And they say, if we all look the same, the if, world would be boring. If everybody looked the same. I have no idea what this song is. If everybody looked the same. Groove Armada. I don't think I've heard that song. Tune. All right, Matt, let's jump into this Agony Ash. How long has it been? It's been over an hour. Will it be? Oh, no, I want to do it now. <laughs> we'll do it. Fuck it, we'll have a long episode. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this is, Matt teased me this. I have no idea. And usually it's all the way about, usually I know what's about to come. And Matt doesn't. Okay, so there's an Agony, um, Agony Ash moment, but it's been recorded, okay? Which is interesting, thank you. The reason citizens myself can't park in a normal bay is that I have to have my door fully extended. Yes. I can't put one leg out and then twist and get the other leg out. I have to turn my whole body and get the two legs out at the same time. Me... Otherwise, I'd split my spine. Pat, let me bring Barry from Watford in. Barry, when you hear a story like Pat, who, who could end up splitting her spine, <laughs> yes. uh, it's, it's a good argument, isn't it, for the, the blue badge? Well, it is, but, you know, I mean, I know people have medical problems, but where we live, there's an independent supermarket with a, a, a parking bay for blue <laughs> holders. Blue badge holders? Blue badge. What is this? They do a certain biscuit there. You can't get it anywhere else. It's like a Viscount biscuit with a, a minty <laughs> interior that okay. my wife likes. No brand names, please. Oh, sorry. It's yeah. a minty biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> a minty biscuit, and it's got two halves chocolate on the top. And okay. We, we, we've got, on the bottom. We've got the biscuit, Barry. It's yeah. wrapped in silver foil. Okay, we've got it's the biscuit. Right. Yeah. So she's very fond of them. Yes. And it's got a sort of soft uh, okay. centre in the a, middle. It's a, it's a minty biscuit, yeah, we've got that. A minty, a minty biscuit. Yeah, minty and biscuit. She, and it's the only place you can get this minty biscuit. Yeah. So sometimes, in order to get it, it's got quite crunchy. It's so crunchy. <laughs> it's a crunchy minty biscuit. We've got the biscuit. A, a crunchy, a crunchy, yes, a crunchy, <laughs> well, it's a crunchy, crunchy. Got to do with blue badges, Barry. 
Well, she likes this biscuit, and sometimes I can't get there unless I park and use the blue badge to go and get it. Do you have a blue badge? Yes. Are you entitled to a blue badge? She is, but I use it to get the biscuit. It's a very nice biscuit, okay. you know, it's Pat. baked and it's a chocolate yeah. affair. Okay, let me bring Pat back in. Pat, Barry is using his wife's blue badge to get what sounds like, let's be honest, a very delicious minty uh, chocolate biscuit. Crunchy. Um, it is delicious. Okay. It is delicious. If that's the only place you can get the biscuit, Pat, then, then what's so bad about that? Well, I haven't disagreed with it, have I? I mean, I can understand his predicament. He can use his Come wife's on, Pat. badge yes. if he's shopping for his wife, but he couldn't use it for himself. Right, guys. <laughs> so, what's your question for me? <clears throat> what's better, a minty biscuit <laughs> or an orange biscuit? It's a tough call, man. Is it? Depends how crunchy they are. Are they covered in chocolate? Um, we can say by count. Have you had them both? I, I mean, I don't eat them anymore. Do you remember them? Yeah. They're the circle ones with the little disc of either chocolate or, or mint or... They're kind of crunchy. Yeah, crunchy. Yeah. Nice. Wrapped in the foil. I don't think you can get them... I don't think they're exclusive to supermarkets, though. I don't know what place they're in. What is he going to? He's in Watford. Watford? Yeah. What's... That's not too far. No. But what... I don't... I can't... They're not exclusive to a supermarket, by kind. I guess that one there, in particular, you can only get it from that shop. Maybe. Maybe just... Maybe it's like a big Tesco big thing and they only because they're so big they can stack by kind of the reason why I use this one I just thought we never get riveting questions like that we don't or challenges no we don't so and I'm stuck on what to advise in this I have no idea I'm buggered mint no. or chocolate what's your favourite listeners mint or chocolate no mint or orange mint or orange yeah what would you choose life or death gun mint I'd go orange no, no. yeah and I'll tell you why Part of my celiac, when I first discovered my celiac disease, I used to take these mint capsules. And mint, obviously, you know, peppermint tea helps your digestive. So these mint capsules use up my digestive system. But they also made my poo smell of mint. So lucky. <laughs> no, you think that. <laughs> because you sit and have a poo in the morning, and you smell minty fresh, which is great. Then you go brush your teeth, and you're like, oh, minty tooth. Oh. Ah, ah. Puts me off mint. So you don't have mint nowadays, really? No, I still do. Oh. But I don't, take, I, don't, I don't take the tablets anymore. I've, I've got other ones that aren't minty. Okay. Um, plus, orange is one of your five a day. Well, it wouldn't count if it was covered in chocolate. Uh, it's one of your five a day. Okay. I, ha I would have... I would have... I'd have the orange Viscount and a fig roll. I love a fig roll. Yeah. Two of my five a day gone. Cup of tea. I'd go mint. I'd have the mint. I love after eights. I love after eights. Still get those. Do you know what? We didn't have them this Christmas. I felt oh, cheated. you said this, yeah. I, said, I did, and I. I did say this. 
I mean, I'm not going to, my mum doesn't listen, but I will be putting a complaint I'm glad she doesn't, boy, because the man, <laughs> well, if you listen to the earlier episode, you used to really be horrible. I used to lay into your heart. I love my mum, obviously, a lot. You think bag of chips is bad? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Um, anyway, I think we've run out of time, you know. Yeah. I wish we got to finish more of Pat and Barry's riveting conversation. Old people are safe, honey. There are, like, I think it has to be staged. I don't think so. Like, oh, Barry is a legend. What anyway. a legend. Anyway, guys, what a great episode we've had. Thank you very much, uh, Matt. I'm so sorry, about. I don't know what's happened in my throat. No idea. Guys, it's not even down to the equipment. Like, you need to give us Patreon donations so I can buy this boy lozenges. I can't afford lozenges. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Anyway. Thanks, guys. Have a lovely week, Ashley. Have a lovely week, Matt. And have a lovely weekend. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And have a lovely Valentine's Day. Have Tell it. us your Valentine's Day stories. I would like to hear them. If you're going out, if you're alone, um, if you're doing like a friendship one. Yeah, I'd like to know. So we can talk about them on the next episode. We can talk about what we did, which is nothing. Mm. Friday night. What are we going to do on a Friday night? I have no idea. Anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening and catch you next week. Bye-bye.